I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney, for NPR Illinois Community Voices, and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig. I'm joined by both my co-host and a very special guest that we'll get to here in just a second. So, Brett Rutherford, how are you today? I'm great. I'm very good. Thank you. That's so nice to hear your voice, buddy. I feel like it's been a, a while since we recorded that Disneyland episode. Uh, maybe it was just a week, but I don't know. Like, time is relative right now, right? Yes. It's nice to be missed. And then, it, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> probably better than the alternative, I? right? No, where was I? I I'm, anyway, sorry. Here we go. And then I'm also joined by Vanessa Ferguson. Hello, hello. And it's nice to see you too, Vanessa, but I get to see you like all the time. I know. I know. You're you're here a lot. I need to get better security or something. I That's right. Know. We are recording oh again in the studio. <laughs> uh, and so we're right across from each other. But we're joined today by a very special guest. So I, uh, it's really great when listeners reach out to us. We talk about that all of the time, but then also for a listener to not only reach out to us, but also to support us uh, through being a patron. But then also, uh, this is actually kind of a special episode because his family, uh, we had done an, a silent auction for the Hoagland Center for the Arts here in Springfield, Illinois, and his family won him the opportunity through that silent auction to come on to our show. And he's a patron as well. So you get to be on two shows this year, Kelby Dolan, but it's nice to uh, have you on the show this time. And I can't wait to just dive right into what we're going to talk about. So hi, Kelby. Hey, Craig, thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be here with you and uh, getting the opportunity to discuss is going to be a joy. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the topic today because you've had the experience of being able to professionally film in the parks. Um, and then we haven't really done a discussion about things like vlogging and just filming in the parks in general. And so I think it's going to be a really fun and, and kind of open discussion. But before we get to that, I think we ought to grill you for some things here. Okay. First of all, first of all, favorite Disney film. Favorite Disney film? Oh, that's putting me right on the spot. Um, immediately. I'm, immediately. I'm going to say because the Super Bowl was yesterday, remember the Titans. It's not my favorite, but today it's Aww, my favorite because, sure. uh, boy, that's just, it's uh, timely. So we'll go with that. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, that that speech in at, at the Gettysburg like cemetery ugh, ugh, kills me every time. Denzel Washington. Just so perfect in that film, for sure. That's great. Uh, and then also, I want to know, do you have a particular, this is a little bit of like uh, me wanting to prop my own self up here, but do you have a particular Beyond the Mouse episode that is one of your favorites? Beyond the Mouse episode, I think I called attention to last summer, you did an episode about uh, the top 10 places to stay cool, um, as well as some of the episodes you're getting to do interviews with such incredible Imagineers and do interviews oh. with with people that are just amazing. Uh, but I'm also going to say that last food uh, discussion about where you would eat in the parks, it just inspired so much great commentary on social media that you're doing <laughs> for all the fans. And I love that. I loved reading what everybody had for input uh, because it just makes me want to go back to be at the parks as soon as I can. And that was the food draft episode that that I won, right? Kelby, is that? Oh, you know, yeah, that's so I, good. What? I, what I did, think he, the, did he win? 
I think the winner of that might just be uh, whomever's there next and able to enjoy those foods. That's probably the oh, that's a good answer. <laughs> oh, thank well you. done, well done. Okay, so that is so great. And again, Kelby, thank you for your support. And you were one of our first patrons, and we really do appreciate that. And we can't wait to have you on for your official Patreon episode here in the next few months. But let's dive into the topic uh, at hand and talk about some of the videography and some of the moments that you were able to have in the park. So can you kind of set this up? for our listeners, uh, what types of opportunities that you've been able to have and sort of how you got those opportunities? Absolutely. Uh, well, I have the opportunity as a professional videographer to work with different clients. I've had now over 40 clients uh, that I've gotten to work with. We filmed uh, for Kiwanis International in 2019 in the summer, had a, a week-long conference there and it allowed me to film at three different places at Walt Disney World and have a contract with them. I filmed at Coronado Springs uh, in the Conference Center. I got the opportunity to, uh, to film at Planet Hollywood there in Disney Springs, as well as uh, getting to film there at the Spirit of Aloha before that was sunsetted. Uh, most recently at the Polynesian. So uh, it was a great opportunity. Uh, we did about four and a half days there uh, filming, capturing what's better known as just FOMO, creating that opportunity for a lot of uh, conference attendees to get that experience of this is what you missed if you weren't there. And uh, having that contract with Disney was something otherworldly. It was something even more uh, suspenseful and more thoughtful than uh, filming at casinos, which I've done on many occasions. Oh, yeah. I imagine that it is a lot more delightful than a casino. Casinos make me sad. <laughs> but Kelby, I'm wondering, you know, uh, I'm in business school, so I have to know about this contract. So when you're looking at the contract, are there certain rules you have to follow or certain um, items in there that might surprise us? Absolutely. So there's nothing before I showed up on site, but once I got there, they had a contract in front of me and had very specific things to go through. Uh, some of those things included uh, the footprint of where I was was and was not allowed to film. Uh, it talked about not filming any guests. So again, you're not wanting to break the magic. You're not a Disney employee, but you're, you're a part of a team that's making sure you're not doing those things. Uh, that also includes not filming any Disney employees. Uh, which is interesting because as we talk about vlogging, um, we see that a lot. Uh, we just saw that recently with some people on Tron doing some vlogging and talking about getting on those rides. Well, employees are in those videos helping people get into the ride. For me, as somebody who had a permit with Disney, that was immediately expressed as you will not be doing this. Uh, we also had a full review at the end of each day. So when I film for these contracts, um, I film all day during the day. Uh, and that afternoon, they have full production of what I did and completed. So it's a lot of rush work. Uh, but before that could go out, that went in front of any Disney uh, part of the AV team that would review it and make sure all these things were broken. That also included uh, coordinating what locations offsite from the hotel we were allowed to film at. They only gave us about five minutes heads, heads up that we could actually do that. Uh, so that was a bit nerve wracking um, because, again, always on your toes. Um, always about the full production. Uh, they don't want us drawing any attention to ourselves. And then when we filmed at Planet Hollywood, we had to go through strict security of what we were bringing. Because when you're loading in a whole lot of video gear, uh, it doesn't look right. It, you look out of place and you're doing things in a Disney park um, or a Disney Springs where you are providing a service. So they prefer that all to be in the background of the full production that is our Walt Disney World experience. 
but that's mm. that's kind of hard right like to to don't draw draw any attention to yourself where you like have to wear bushes like greenery and don't look at us plants <laughs> yeah uh, you think of it like main street when you're filming uh you need to be off in one of the shops you need to be off to the side or up in one of those windows where you're allowing that main draw point what people are walking towards the castle at the end that needs to remain what's in people's primary vision. They might see you in their peripheral, but they won't see you as the primary. All right. Well, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> you know, and I feel like we jumped right into all this, Kelby, but uh, we didn't even I, I didn't even really start with how you came to be such a Disney fan, because I think that's also sort of a, a unique perspective about this, being able to not only film and do all that on property, but also the fact that you've been on property, maybe even more than it, it might be possible, Kelby, you've been there more than Brett. Well, wow. whether or not it's um, a joy in life to be able to do that, I know I can say that along with Brett, uh, that going that many times to Disney and staying at different places um it's so fun to explore and to see so much of the parks that many who are are saving so much money to be able to go the once uh it it really is um it's a lot of gratitude can be expressed for the opportunities i've gotten to go and is there a particular place like what what keeps drawing you back to the parks i guess oh the uh well having a family it's a part of a dvc member where it's it's affordable it's available um, that keeps me going back. One of the things that my family loves to do is uh, we'll have other families or friends that we bring along with us, uh, put up and, and we go and do the parks with them, do the eating with them. It's just something where we are not having to figure out all of the uh, logistics of going to that place. Uh, we know where we're going. We know what we can offer to them. And Disney offers so much that is just so much quality around us. Uh, so we're kind of in our happy place. Oh, and uh, in your happy place. Well, I think we're all in our happy place anytime we're in a Disney park. But I have a question. Growing up, did you have the opportunity to go to Disney parks? And if you did, my question is, there was a time when kind of filming in the parks was was kind of unusual that they would, you know, when the Disney company would be doing filming, that they would have special signs out. And, you know, today we'll be filming today in the park. If you, you know, if you don't want to be a part of that, please avoid these areas. Well, I'm just like going, when you were growing up, did you see? those did you see camera crews and did that spur you on to become you know to have this uh, as as part of a career yeah it, absolutely i think um as a part of the career the first core memory i have for seeing disney on video as opposed to just being there uh was in elementary school there was uh, a, a video now can be found on YouTube. I'm sure Craig will be able to provide that link later. Uh, but it is a video that shows them walking and singing down Main Street and going throughout the parks and singing and expressing that. Uh, and good old Miss Bruins from Farmingdale Elementary School, uh, she uh -huh. was showing that every once in a while to us. And that was something that helped build that nostalgia, build that love uh, and do that. I think outside of that, um, for our hometown, Springfield, Illinois, I worked for the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Museum and Library, and getting to do that production work uh, is and kind of getting to meet the BRC Imagination Arts, the design company, and Bob Rogers, who is the CEO. I talked to him on the phone for about two hours one day after some trying to figure out how to express that. He is inspired with his company to get me into production work doing this filming uh, and to share that story in, in a very brief way. That 
is uh, maybe the superhero origin story. That is the uh, how I get to where I'm going. Oh, great. Well, that's a great story. Well, <laughs> that is so cool. So, yeah. So talk to me like, you know, uh, we are going to post the, the video, of course, and we'll definitely also just we'll put it in the, the show notes, but also we'll make sure that it's available on Podcast Pals and all that so people can check it out. But talk to me like about you've now sort of mentioned through Vanessa some of the logistics of the contract but I kind of want to just hear about the experience you talk about like oh you were given access to film in a certain area with five minutes to go I mean kind of put me through your mindset and walk me through sort of how that all went for you yeah uh, my mindset was somewhat calm because I had a second videographer and friend of mine Sam who's working alongside me that I also have to you know, we, we both work as a team, but filming on site is something that is uh, electrifying because because of what Disney means to me. Uh, maybe filming in the conference center uh, was any other conference center. But when I'm at uh, Spirit of Aloha and I'm filming before the, the show begins um, and I'm with my gear there at the Polynesian, I felt uh, a sense of this was the right place to be. I want to do more of this kind of work. Um it was amazing seeing all of the production also happening around me. So I'm more cognizant of where some of the lighting might be for the stage or at Planet Hollywood. I might be looking around more at small details that Disney just continues to nail. Of course, Planet Hollywood being its own separate uh, business, but it is something that to me, uh, as I'm looking at those things as a videographer, uh, it's it's cool to see outside of Disney, but at Disney, boy, they just nail the lighting. They nail all the parts of production that make it an incredible experience. It sounds like you're able to kind of see how, oh, for lack of a better expression, but how the sausage is made almost. And I'm wondering when you're, you know, getting to really take a close look at the lighting and how the logistics of things operate, does that ever take away any of the magic for you? Is there any moment or um, anything that maybe broke some of that uh, mystery for you? Absolutely not. I think when I was there after that experience, just going as a vacation as a family, getting to bring uh, my daughter for the first time as a one-year-old, which was amazing. Um, I think there is something um, when you know how it's done uh, and have that ability to put it in your subconscious, it makes it all that much more magical because you're walking around knowing that it's being provided for you. Uh, that it's an experience somebody in Imagineering has deeply thought about and and developed. So that way it's a consistent experience no matter when you go. Um, boy, I think I'm just preaching to the choir about how amazing this <laughs> world is. But uh, yeah, that's that's been amazing. I just ask that because sometimes when we take newbies to the parks and and they're apprehensive, right? And I and I tell them, you know, it is what you make of it if if you embrace the magic. Uh, you're really going to enjoy the park. If you're looking at it as that someone in a costume, it's not, it really is Winnie the Pooh. It is not anything else but that. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you go in with this kind of mindset of trying to figure out how things work, that kind of breaks down the magic, but it's great to hear that you're able to kind of keep that magic with you throughout your time, whether you're uh, in, you know, enjoying the parks or behind a camera. Yeah, I think people are really drawn to that narrative experience. And while they're there at the parks, they're they're driving their own narrative and they're saying, and this is what I experienced today. And then I got to do this. So my question for any of the three of you is talking about 
where in the parks do you go when you want to get lost in your own narrative and you want to build out that magical sense of I have arrived? Now, it feels obvious to say castle. Is there anywhere else that, that drives that that sense of magic Ooh. and where you could go? That is such oh, an wow. exciting question. And I'm like overwhelmed by what I really like here. Okay. Um, I'll go first, boys, and then that'll give you some more time to think on your Thank answers. You. I really enjoy walking through taking that first left into Adventureland. That's when I feel like we're doing it. We're here. We're going on an adventure. We're about to get on a ride like that, I think, is an area that really gets me hyped up. Um, I also love being on the people mover and really seeing kind of a a, a larger view, an encompassing view of, of the park, of that Main Street area in the hub and really taking it all in. That gets me excited as well. Did I give you guys enough time? Do I need yes. to keep stalling? Okay, Brett, go for it. Okay. Well, you know, it's almost getting there is half the fun for uh, now that I have stayed at uh, Pop Century a little bit more. Taking the Skyliner is just the best way to start my day. And then usually, usually if I'm taking the Skyliner, especially you know early morning, I'm going to uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. So and that park has you know just great memories for me since you know I was there when they were breaking ground. I was there performing. Yes, thank you, Judy Lawrence, and and some of my other friends were there too. But you know, so but the but the as far as answering your question, what gets me into the spirit is the magic of the Disney Skyliner. You know, I love it. That's a really good answer, Brett. I like that. And then you know, I I think most of the listeners would assume that immediately I'm going to say Tomorrowland, but I'm not going to say Tomorrowland. And it's because like for me, even more like it always goes back and forth between Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios for me as far as what is my favorite park in uh, Disney World. And so for me, it's when you actually turn right down, down Sunset Boulevard and you can see sort of this classic Hollywood and so much of like what I enjoy about film and then also Disney and just the, uh, you know, the font styles you're using, the art deco, like you get to see Tower of Terror at the end of the strip, like everything about that for me is just like, it just hits me. And it's usually like early in the morning, um, recent trip when Brandon and I walked in there, like you're, you're getting that sunrise and just the way that everything looks in that particular strip uh, is just magical. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. That was a really good question, Kelby. And so I, you know, like, we got to turn it back around and yes, we got to get more places sure. from you too. Oh boy. And there's so many, I'll take one of what all of you are having. Um, but I also find a love uh, for the subtlety of the back entrance at Epcot. When I'm walking into uh, the tree lined roads that lead up to the UK pavilion, or if I'm turning right, I know I'm going the beauty and the majesty of walking into the the, the French uh, pavilion and, and having that experience. I think it's the idea that I can walk around and uh, where, where many places I love to go on a walk and experience the great outdoors, it's amazing to do that mile loop and feel like I'm getting great exercise while doing this incredible part of of the world showcase experience. Um, but boy, there's so many different places. I, I guess as, if, if I think about that question as well as where I'd love to film, one of my favorite things in Epcot to get lost in is the back part of Morocco where many people don't mm -hmm. go, uh, where that tile work, um, that pavilion was provided by 
uh, and paid for by the, the Moroccan government. So it's something where they had artisans, Moroccan artisans that were really doing detailed, beautiful work uh, that just stuns and amazes and listening to the fountains and experiencing that. It's just, again, it's in that detail work that I, I get lit up by the Disney imagination. You, oh, go ahead, Brett. Why? Well, Vanessa <laughs> mentioned that you, you know, you needed to provide your own shrubbery in order to kind of be behind the scenes there and make sure no one would see you. Now, my question is, I'm, I'm sure that you'll have the opportunity to go to Walt Disney World or any Disney park again and film. But now that you've had, you know, this experience, um, what I just, I, as a videographer too, I just can't imagine being held. And here are your rules, like five minutes before you were getting, well, not yeah. quite five minutes, but that I, and like I'm it. so glad that I'm so glad that you, you know, were calm and you had your, your second camera there and everything, but I would have at least internally been freaking out. But so the going forward, you know, this, is there anything, is there anything that you, you know, they're big on, you know, marketing and response. So uh, since you were filming there, what would, what would you like from them, you know, with, as far as, um, you know, a little bit more of a heads up or did you find the, the, the circumstances in which you were working and, you know, kind of their list of requests, question mark, demands, uh, did you find it easy to work? Sure. So I think, um, Hey, I'll never say anything bad about Disney. The chance to ever film there right. again, I would happily do. Sure. Um, I think, uh, having the opportunity to speak on a podcast like this and get that word out there to other videographers who are looking to do that, just having a little bit of that published update of this is what to expect from them. Uh, they might have some new specific things that they're requesting, but I think, um, from them knowing that they didn't want me filming outdoors because they didn't want my professional gear in a space where um, it could be seen as someone where I, again, could be breaking the magic for a guest where they think mm -hmm. I'm on a Disney production or I'm, I'm going to be a part of something. They don't want to sell any false hope for, for what you're providing, what you are doing as a service sure. specifically for a Kiwanis International type client. And I think just knowing that when I arrive to Disney, if it's less about the the this really specific um, production I did, but more about like vlogging and and things that you see more commonly and are kind of tuning into, I like to know that having a stabilizer um, or a, a anything that attaches to your phone or camera or a selfie stick, all those are just generally not accepted in the parks. That's good to know uh, because. Generally, you don't you don't want to lose those items. You don't want to have to necessarily pay to put them in a locker for the whole day. And it helps set an expectation for what you can do, what you can be a part of. Um, and maybe that's a discussion I'm eager to have more of as I'm concerned because I hear messaging uh, internationally from Japan uh, at Tokyo Disneyland where they're they're banning commercial grade filming. So meaning that this kind of vlogging style that we've seen a lot of is being banned. So uh, as I really was eager with Craig to talk about that positivity in the light of Disney, um, the question came up, where, where have you been in the parks before where um, that magic has kind of suddenly turned off because you're on the frozen ride and somebody's filming it with their iPad and that iPad's ruining your primary vision that we kind of talked about before. Um, so 
I don't know, Brett, if that answers your question. Oh, sure. And it's and it's a great pivot to that point. Exactly. I mean, you, I, I mean, I was just at Disneyland and it was the premiere, the opening night of uh, of the new fireworks. And and but, but not just because of the premiere. Anytime you're on Main Street and, the, and it's fireworks time, you know, you're going to be watching it via everyone else's cell phones. You know, it's like. And, and there have been times when I've been concerned of being in the moment. You know, I, tr I try to share as much as I can with, you know, with our Beyond the Mouse friends and podcast pals. Um, but there are times when I just want to experience it for me, and, which I did actually for the, the Disney 100 for uh, the new fireworks show. Um, because I'm like going, there are so many people that are, that are, quasi-professional or at least vloggers that are uh, videotape or, you know, filming this and it's going to be on YouTube and all that. So why, you know, I should be in the moment. So I did that. So I was being just a slightly selfish, sorry, beyond the mouse people, but you can watch it in wonderful places and have, they even have better cameras. But yeah, back, speaking of which, you know, the, you know, okay, people are holding their phones up and they're also using various kinds of, of, uh, tripods and um and other sort of vlogging equipment i mean i've tried different things you know you try to you know, well i'm a, a number one a rule follower so i do what disney wants me to do um but i've had um you know limited experience so just as a you know what do you like to use and what would you suggest for families you know <laughs> i think maybe that question's open to anybody in the group uh, but how do you feel about if if somebody's collecting that? Is it less intrusive for the the chest GoPro that we're seeing on the the new Tron ride, <laughs> the new way that we're seeing that ride celebrated? Is that something that at least they're not holding up a phone or doing something obstructive to your experience? Well, I'm glad that they're number one safe and they're because it would be any of those roller coaster experiences. I mean, I think it they've banned selfie sticks and any sort of video um, on Space Mountain now. Sorry, Craig. Um, but I think, you know, it wouldn't. And as you mentioned, kind of Tokyo and kind of the restrictions that they that they have, um, it'll be interesting to see um, how they combine sort of like the vloggers that they actually, you know, like. They like to have their products and their parks promoted. But then there's also plenty of people that are just walking around filming their entire memories. You know, I remember yeah. it was 1927 when <laughs> video cameras were new and they were honking. They were huge. They were literally over your shoulder. You know, and they had a VHS tape. A VHS tape is a rather oblong sort of, yeah, anyway, for those that, yeah. Anyway. And, um, and, and that was like the new thing. And I mean, that was families recording memories. And so I don't think that they're really going to I don't know that they want to, you know, move too strictly away from that opportunity. So anyway, so. It brings up an just... interesting point because I think that we've all uh, seen, we all watch vloggers. I mean, we all appreciate that that's a, a way to stay connected to the park. You know, we've mentioned, uh, we'll shoot when we met uh, Tim and Jen Tracker, uh, I think Vanessa really kind of freaked out there for a moment uh being able to be that meeting them and then you know <laughs> uh we love john sicari big fat panda um we i follow the diz i watch paging mr morrow i really like what molly's doing with mammoth club so like i mean there's a lot like of adam hatton i mean the, the list goes on and on right and so but i i do think Yay, that to kelby's part to kelby's point you know i think that um 
there are times where I've kind of thought about the person sitting next to, and I'm not going to specifically name a vlogger because I don't want, uh, but like just vlogging in general, I think there's various degrees of how people handle like they're recording on a ride. And so it's, is it distracting for the people right next to them that they have this huge tripod and a DSLR camera recording something and they're talking through the ride as well. I'm thinking particularly some of those like classic attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean or um, any of those that like when you're watching the low light videos that they do. Mm -hmm. Great quality. And we like to hear the commentary as people yeah. that aren't there, but the person sitting right next to them what is that taking away from their experience? Yeah, that's a great point. Gosh, I'm so torn because I I feel like we can do a lot of planning and a lot of saving of time and money by watching those vlogs ahead of time. And it does bring you a lot of joy, but I totally get what you're saying. You know, Kelby, when you were talking about um, this earlier, the first thing that came to mind was some of those first special ticketed events like Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. There's just a vibe on those first nights where it feels very media. It doesn't really feel like you're going into the park just for a fun event. It feels like you're about to be surrounded by vloggers <laughs> and vloggers and everything in between, uh, Instagrammers. Uh, so yeah, so it's, it, it does kind of change the way the parks can feel, but then I also really feel for the people who just want to, um, have those memories. I know there's, I know this is so silly because like fireworks, I know that I can watch the fireworks on YouTube and it's going to be better filmed than anything I could do on my little phone standing at the middle. I'm, I'm five, two. So I'm no matter where I am, there's going to be heads and children and stuff in my shot. And I know that I don't have the best, but there's something about having it for myself on my phone. That was my view. Um, even as, even though it's not great, it's, I just like to have it. But I see what you're saying, too, about, you know, we don't want people to watch the fireworks through a cell phone. So, gosh, I'm so torn. I have no answers. I only I have opinions. I think there's a, a cultural shift because whether or not you are a vlogger or you're recording these experiences when you're writing with your family and you might occasionally say something. I mean, we've all been on attractions where you know everyone around you whether or not they have a camera might be talking the whole way through and sometimes that is beyond annoying and other times it just is kind of where we are now there has been a cultural shift and kind of every all of this has been sort of normalized and especially at disney parks there are there are so many vloggers and families recording every last second of their vacation and so that kind of speaks to you know even a sort of larger thing. Are we experiencing it if we're just making memories and we're then we watch it through that? We're not really just kind of being in the moment. So anyway, so that's not for any of us to decide, certainly not me, but it's something that is all of this has been normalized, having cameras in the parks and fireworks where everyone's cell phone goes up and all of that. So you know, it kind of, I think it's just where we are. It's a, it's a change in well, it, sort of the cultural norm of recording and being, you know, on a, on a vacation or in the parks. I will say one thing that I feel very strongly about that I think we should all stop doing, and that is making sure that our flash 
isn't shining during a show on anyone else next to us. Like it's just make sure if you are going to film or take a picture and you're at one of those nighttime shows, turn the flash off because it will just shine throughout a video and it is so bright. And um, I have had to give a glare more than once to someone <laughs> like turn them off. Now, it, it is interesting and it brings up like, so there was some clickbaity sites that you know that I love to despise um, that a couple of months ago, it was announced they're changing some of the vlogging rules, particularly in uh, Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. Now, if you remember correctly, that is the one Disney park that is licensed out. It's not actually controlled and owned by Disney. And so they are going to have slightly different rules. But uh, the headline was Disney Park to ban vloggers. And I don't know that they're actually going that far in uh, what they're doing. But I will say it's it's sort of interesting because from D Disney's perspective, you know, this, those vloggers are such free advertising for them in mm -hmm. what they're doing. And yes, they are given sometimes media access or media passes, but the, the fact that they have people from all over the world watching and kind of dreaming about these vacations while they're watching these vlogs, it really is a huge part of what they, uh, hope to get out of like a marketing push, right? I mean, it makes sense from yeah. Disney's perspective, but also are we getting to a point where everybody feels like they're a vlogger or yeah. that they're, it's starting to inundate, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, do you know, do, what you mean? Like, it, Again, you know, do cultural you, shift. It is. I get that. But like, as that culture shifts, Brett, like, I just wonder, cause you know, for a while their selfie sticks were allowed in the parks and then now they're banned. And so mm -hmm. I just wonder if five years from now, if there are any changes or any, and I guess maybe that's an open-ended thing. Are there any changes that we would like to see, you know, even um, it, clearly we have no power, but like Kelby, we haven't let you talk for a minute here. Why don't you, uh, why don't you come jump in this convo? You're fine. I think one of the things that it brings to mind is five years from now, you might say the VIP experience that you can get in the parks. Will that include a videographer following you around and collecting the video that you can post later on social media? While that is a great idea, and if Disney wants to run with it, feel free to pay me that opportunity. Uh, <laughs> but I think there is something that would take away from the experience, even though it could be uh, the next thing that you're uh, VIP interested attendee once. I don't I don't think that is something that I would love to see taking my daughter for future Disney World experiences. Uh, and when that camera is the size of your phone um, or smaller, I, I don't see that as taking away from the parks. But when it is that iPad on a ride or it is that up in the air taking away uh, from that view of the incredible things they do in front of the castle or back in the days of illuminations um, or whatever will be next there. I want to be able to view that without seeing it on a screen, much like you said, Brett. I would love to see that in the in the way of, of a clear audio. Um, I'd love to feel the heat of that Epcot torch. Um, and I'd love to have all senses available to the experience that they're, Disney's working so hard at creating the continuity of. Um, not taken away by our, our user needs. Um, now, Cal, do, is there, is there a particular, like, so that can, you came up with a great use of video because of course you're a videographer, but are there, um, anything that in terms of like, you've been in the park so often, are there things as far as restrictions that maybe you might want them to consider or, or is there not because you think that, uh, right now what's going on is, is perfectly valid or fine. 
You know, as I haven't had a whole lot of those media days uh, that Vanessa, you had brought up and being there, um, I think that's just knowing timing of when to go and what to be thinking of. Uh, but again, I think uh, your listeners and those out there who aren't listening and should be listening, they need to listen to things like that because discussion about the parks and what's going on, uh, that happens here. That happens, uh, the discussion amongst all of you um, and thinking about that experience uh, that they're going to have when they go that can only be had timing of going on your trip is what matters. Uh, again, Craig, I don't know if that answers your question, but what no. I what I really want moving uh, forward uh, in, in terms of my Disney experience outside of just that camera free, if it is cameras there, um, I want I, I love seeing the signs at Disney parks when they say this is a great place to capture something. This is this is the time to have your camera out and capturing it. Uh, I'm at Animal Kingdom and the birds are about to fly overhead. Having somebody who's thoughtfully placed there to say, hey, this is about to happen. Get your cameras out. It's making that moment accessible to people so that way they can be excited for it and say, look at this amazing photo I captured, as opposed to I got a blurry image because I couldn't pull the phone out of my pocket in time. I think having that thoughtfulness put into it is is Disney detail work that they're willing to do. Uh, but making that moment happen for people, um, let's get there. Let's get to that point. Yeah, that's a great example because I've always missed those birds. Doggone it. I try. I try my <laughs> darnest. I never get them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think about the uh, resorts, too, because I think one of the most often skipped things, I'm not trying to bring up a whole new topic to this, this interesting videographer topic, but people need to do more resort hopping and more looking at the, what, what's available to them. I realize that's a luxury of being able to go more often, but if you do choose to go to the resorts, I think you see a lot of beautiful things, and that's a great place to vlog from. I see a lot more detailed discussion happening amongst some of those vloggers that, Craig, you had mentioned that you and I love to listen and, and, and watch, but they do some of the more thoughtful discussions with a camera in hand, talking to themselves or talking to the camera. They do that while they're at the resorts because you get that same beautiful backdrop. Um, and that's just making me now want to be at the Wilderness Lodge. So I don't know what I'm saying. Um, but I, I think I think if you can do that and you can find those nooks that feel uh, in a day and age where Disney World is just feeling overpopulated with guests, there are still places to get lost and not be around so many people. And if you're going to film, seek out those places. If you and I start driving right now, we can be at Territory yeah. Lounge when they open tomorrow at four o'clock. OK, Kelby, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll meet right there. No, it's uh, it's just an interesting like discussion point because i uh i clearly i think maybe even more than uh anyone else kind of on this episode maybe have some mixed feelings about the fact that like i don't want that to be an intrusion but i also am someone that consumes all of this as well so of course i Guilty. still want like i still want that uh content and i you know, again, I, I think maybe I'm thinking even in the future when everybody uh and maybe we're there now but where everybody feels like they have to vlog every second of every day. And I mean, it kind of is kind of where we're at now mm -hmm, anyway. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just an interesting topic. And we're guilty too, because both Craig and I, and I'm Brett, I think actually Brett, I think you have too, where we've gone to those first night things mm. and we've, I don't have a better phrase than vlogger hunting. Uh, 
you know, but oh, where our eyes are peeled for those and we're, people. we're looking when we're I was there on October 1st, you know, for the 50th, no, the, yeah, the 50th anniversary. Did I keep my eye out for all sorts of, you know, vlogging personalities? I, I might have seen some, I might've talked to some, you know, I just, right? I might say and it, it is exciting. Yeah. Uh, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. You know, I I thinking like business wise too is if the, if the, they were to follow, uh, kind of Japan's um, take on allowing uh video cameras. I wonder too if they if one way of doing that to reduce the number of vloggers would just be to do away with annual passes, because without hold those it, hold it, people, hold it, hold it, hold it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Whoa. I'm just saying. If they ever get to the point where they do away with that could could be a reaction to the number of vloggers in the park. I'm just saying. Yeah, and you possibility. know, and I'm thinking about like uh, even to I I don't clearly when they do media events those are uh, invited events and so they've adjudicated somehow that you have enough followers that you can then have this media event tag or whatever. But on a daily basis, I don't think that they want to be adjudicating like oh Vanessa's got a hundred thousand followers whereas Craig has like 10, you know, and stuff like that. And so I think maybe it's not possible to have more of like a press badge kind of thing when you go through as a vlogger, but that's sort of an interesting concept as well. Or at least maybe they could have more guidelines based around that. And maybe again, it's not, I'm, I'm interested to hear like what listeners think too, because maybe because you enjoy the content, you don't, and you don't really mind any kind of inconvenience or you don't have any personal inconvenience while you're on your trip, that it's not really that big of an issue for you. But, but it is kind of interesting. I'm, I'm really glad that we started this topic with filming professionally on, uh, because in a way it's, it's odd that these vloggers fit in this mix where they're being like, Kelby can't walk in there with his professional equipment, mm -hmm. but you look at some of these vloggers and what they're using and mm -hmm. it's, I mean, you know, and it, like, and yeah. things are getting smaller by the day and mm -hmm. they're getting more and more um, accessible for people, professional level equipment. So that line is even being blurred quite a bit. Yeah. So, so Craig, should we go back to Google Glass? Should we go back to the idea of people having glassware that can film and be your computerized experience? Because I know I don't have to lift my hands if I'm just wearing glasses <laughs> that can film for hey, me. What what's the um I see them all the time at like walking through the mall and whatnot? Um, the Ray-Ban stories that are like they're tied up to your TikTok or to your Snapchat, and they're just like shades that you can just click on and then that's there it is. That is so dangerous. Is what if you go into the Rapunzel bathroom? Oh my gosh. What if you forget to turn I, your cameras off and something happens? I, 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 I don't but you know. can go to the bathroom. You I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to buy them, Vanessa. This is how the robots win, I think. This yeah. is not all, it's all <laughs> lost. Well, and Brett, it was such a cool talking about the videographers in such an underhanded way. I love that um, because, or the videographers, the vloggers that sure, you yeah. there at Disneyland. It's such an amazing experience. I'm wondering like the experience I had uh, and Craig, since you had mentioned at least a, a vlogging team, I'll mention the one I met. Um, I got to meet Nate uh, of Paging Mr. Morrow. Uh, I caught Aww. him. He was just casually up at Topolino's at the bar and we got a chance to go out to the patio uh, and just talk for 45 minutes. He was open with mm -hmm. his time and my wife had to pull me away and say, hey, he's, he's busy. We have a date. Let's go. <laughs> um, but he was open with his time, but he 
have a camera in hand. He was really excited to talk to somebody that worked in that similar industry and have that discussion. And this isn't a, a non-subtle hint, but Nate, you should definitely come on this show uh, since you're already listening to it by hearing our voices talk about you. Uh, but Brett, my question for you is, did you have that opportunity to meet any other vloggers without a camera in hand where they were more open to discussion? I've, uh, I've had the opportunity a couple of times um, and, uh, <laughs> and pitch them to be on Beyond the Mouse. Have I done that? Really? Have I done that? But, uh, but mainly uh, I, um, I just, I, I don't, I didn't get to talk with them in detail or as at length like you did, which that would be fun. I just, I just usually, um, and I'm getting better at it as time goes on, he says. Um, but I just, you know, when you see them, I just thank them for their work. I just saw uh, a couple at uh, at Disneyland who I've who I've watched, and uh, yeah, that was fun to see them. And they were very great. Everyone I've talked to has been very gracious, you know, and yeah. um, and very positive. You know, we don't <laughs> the follow up may not always be as what you'd want when they say they can <clears throat> that they would love to be on your podcast, but you know. That is okay too. It's just nice that you can always ask as our mentor, yeah. Kevin. That's Lemus right. Says. So <laughs> but they were very nice. Everyone's been very nice. So if, if there's yeah. one, if there's one last chance to ask a final question, uh, of course. This, this is posed to me as something that my wife, Chelsea is often talking about. That's really exciting is if I'm going to the parks and I don't want to be exhausted at the end of the day, one of the things she does as an elementary art teacher is she loves going with her watercolor set, which they allow. So for me, it's a camera. Oh, I love wow. behind a camera and filming and collecting it that way. For her as an artisan, she loves going places and just taking 15, 20 minutes to do a little watercolor. If you were to do wow, something at the parks, awesome. if you were to do something at the parks that just fills your bucket, what would that be for any of the three of you? Kevin, these questions. Well, that's like, so good. Actually, well, first know, of all, I, I want to see oh. her watercolors. Can I see? Yeah. Can you share pictures? Because I would love to see those. How cool. That's I don't good. have a good answer, though. Brett, did you? I've done some Facebook lives. Um, and like, it, I, I don't know. I was I was bored at Disneyland. No, I wasn't bored at Disneyland. I had some extra time before, you know, the next thing was going to happen. So I took I took uh, my Facebook friends on a tour around uh sleeping beauty castle which included the the snow white fountain and the snow white statues and i kind of give them a little i was kind of giving a little history lesson <laughs> on, on all of that and i later talked to some friends who who uh so who watched that and they said that was great that was fun well i i enjoy i really enjoy sharing my facebook live experiences either walking to the parks or kind of the recap at the first of the morning before the day starts. I really enjoy sharing that because I never, I would never, so listening audience, remember when I say this, that I never go, I'm in Florida and you're not, I never am like that. I just enjoy sharing the day with, and with, uh, with the Facebook, you know, friends and guests and all that sort of stuff. And they seem to really enjoy that too. So it's, it's been really a pleasure for me to do that, to connect with people. And, you know, if they're having, you know, if they're at work and well, maybe they're not watching it at work, but if you are sh anyway, but, um, it's a way to, it's a way to share a little bit of fun and a little bit of, um, you know, experience, experiencing the parks by not being there. We, we all do that. So if I can provide that sometimes that's a really good thing. So 
that's kind of my answer to your question. I just I've come up with two. It. Yeah. I wish I really wish it was watercolors because I I'm not that talented, though, but I think that's like the coolest thing. So so my two would be one to have a cup of coffee with someone I'm traveling with and just sit and people watch and take it all in. And we rarely ever do we just sit and drink a cup of coffee. We're always on the go. Uh, in fact, if you travel with Craig McFarland, he will make you walk and drink your coffee as you go to the next ride. There is no sitting down. But the second thing, if I'm wrong, say I'm wrong, Craig, I'm not wrong. Okay. The second thing would be to get out your phone and take pictures of the really small details in each of the areas that you're in because it's so easy to just gloss over them or miss them not tune in and, and there's such great details in the parks i clearly when i go to i mean we talked about it like i need to find better ways to relax and calm down when i'm in the parks i will say that the most recent thing that i've started to do is uh for me, I, I really appreciate and I love that all the resorts have a running trail. Um, and so and going on like an early morning run to like get me going um, is something that I, I love to do. Like when running, that's so much something that keeps me focused and in the moment. But then also when you're able to run in like a new location or like discover different things that you hadn't seen before. And like Kelby was saying about the resorts, that's something that uh, certainly I, I'd love to do. I'd love to do like it'd be kind of a fun goal to like hit every running trail on property. That would be really fun. I would love for Craig McFarlane to have to sit somewhere in the park and just sit and then we'll watch him and we'll see how fidgety and uncomfortable he is because he cannot do it. He cannot do it. Oh, oh, we could take fun. bets on how long you would last. I think because you be say, great. "Oh, I'm in the parks. I can't sit still." No, people, this is every time wherever I see Craig, he cannot sit still. He's got to be doing something. It is so funny because you've you've been looking over here as I've been like answering emails and things like you that during this episode, and it's you, you know, and then also. <laughs> Uh, earlier today, uh, B Bonner sent me a message and goes, did I just see you walking across campus eating a salad? And yes. I was like, yes, that's. that's the man was I didn't... Oh, my gosh. Too. I was like, oh, my God, he can't even that sit was... and have a meal. He has to be on the go. To go. And, and how funny is it that your answer of to take things in would be, oh, to run, to be <laughs> in constant motion. Yeah. Well, OK, sure. I, I, Vanessa, I think I know where I could take Craig, where he could be at calm. One place okay. that would work. Okay. And I'm going to see, I almost want to see if Craig would write this down and then reveal it. But right. for, for lack of time, I will just guess here. I think I could take you to Geyser Point at the back of the Wilderness Lodge, back overlooking the lake. I'll build the scenery here. Overlooking the lake, uh, overlooking the, uh, to your right is the, uh, the, the running trails that you could be on, uh -huh. you'll be on later. Uh, and then the old uh, country water park that used to be off on the island over to your left. And there it is sitting down on a cushioned seat. Uh, perfect place overlooking one of the finest resorts at Walt Disney World. Does you that seem like a place that would put you there? I will tell you that that was the first thing when I went for marathon weekend, I walked through that lobby. I knew I had a little bit of time before I was meeting up with Brandon to go to Disney Springs. And I certainly sat at that bar uh, and had a bison burger and a beer and just enjoyed myself. I would say I was there for well over an hour. 
So oh, wow, see, it can hmm. be done. See, it can be. See, good I didn't point, have a park ticket. Now I didn't. Counts. I didn't have a park ticket that day. So had I had a park ticket, that might have been burning in my mind that I needed to spend every waking second in a park. But hmm. these are just all my uh, my problems that you're all bringing up. Uh, no, no, and no. So I can I can work through them. I'm sure. But it, it is, Kelby. It what a great episode this ended up being because like going into uh this discussion i wasn't entirely sure exactly which direction we were going to end up taking things and you helped guide us so much Thank and you. again i want to mention that uh just really glad that not only this worked out as part of the um auction and supporting the Hoagland Center for the Arts, but also that you're going to be coming on in a patron episode here in the future as well. But it's just so great to have your support, buddy. We really appreciate you coming on today. I'm happy to be a, a Patreon supporter, and I encourage anyone else to do the same. The, the benefits are worth it. And knowing that you're supporting uh, individuals who work so hard, so, so much work ethic is put into this podcast. Uh, as I've been in video production for years, I know the production that they're doing here uh, is just tremendous. And it's, it's heartfelt and uh, just couldn't be happier to spend this time with you. My last shout out goes uh, to On My Shirt, The Adventures Club. May that one day come Aww. back. Uh, that is deep yeah. in my heart. I was brought there as a 13 year old and uh, that British dry humor is something I would love to do uh, and someday take my daughter to probably when she's a bit older than 13. But um, again, it was really wonderful to be here with all of you today. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm looking for I'm looking for the next time when we can ask more Disney questions for you. This has been terrific, but it's been very specific as far as, you know, the world of Disney. But I look forward to the next time so we can ask a little bit more of, you know, the things that you like, maybe ask, you know, those rapid fire things and all those things that uh yeah that you've heard on other podcasts it's your turn <laughs> and we will say you know i know that the you're in indianapolis area now um but uh you have mentioned that you are from the springfield area you have family here and so we're hoping to get you in person on the next one to be able to to do it that way so that'll be a lot of fun too in the future as well uh, if this happens to be your first beyond the mouse because you love kelby dolan as much as we do then make sure that you go back and listen to all of our previous episodes uh and we're almost coming up on our 200th episode we have i'll tell you i i can tell you i could tease it right now that we locked in our guest for the 200th episode today and uh it is going to be so much fun and we're actually even though it's going to be released next month i think we're going to get to record it even uh much sooner than that so it'll be exciting to have that 200th episode it really does mean a lot to us that you've listened to us and supported us so please uh, consider subscribing doing all that stuff following us on all the social medias the one that i really just want to highlight today is podcast pals because uh kelby is in that group he maybe can share some of the uh you know we're, we'll share his video from Kiwanis, but we'll also hopefully share some of those watercolors as well. And then as mentioned, you know, you can join if you go to patreon.com slash beyond the mouse, there's different tiers in there. And there's a private Facebook page that goes on with that group as well. So go and check out that. Any final thoughts before we wrap up, Vanessa? Uh, so as you're talking, I'm just sitting here, my mind is wandering. I'm like, I really need to take some art classes because how cool would that be to be painting in the park uh, or wow. sketching? Uh, that would be that would be the coolest thing. I need to I need to go to class. 
yeah, for sure. I, I, I agree. You do need to go to class. Uh, I don't know what that means, but I don't know either. I we'll just tried to say after the recording's over, McFarland. I was just trying to say it in an aggressive way. I don't even know. What? Uh, Brett, any final thoughts? Oh, well, I, it's, it was so interesting as, you know, a video sort of a videographer and digital media artist. It's great to hear uh, from another, from another professional and hear the behind the scenes, which everyone knows I love behind the scenes. So that was so great. So thanks. Thank you so much, Kelby. It was great hearing that. And I can't wait until we get to talk again and we'll see you on the, on podcast pals. Definitely. So, yeah. Kelby, any final words? No, I just thank you again for doing all the work you do, Brett. It was great following your last trip and yeah, getting to be on Facebook Live with you uh, on your last trip was just amazing. <laughs> Boy, I, I look forward to going back. I thought I was going to go back a lot later, but now after this discussion, all things Disney, I'm ready to go back to the parks. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be in the car, Craig. Let's go. <laughs> all right. All right. Territory Lounge, 4 p.m. tomorrow. Let's do it. Uh, so anyway, it has just been a great uh, delight to be able to talk to you all today. So for Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. I'm Brett. And I'm Kelby. And we will see you real soon in the front row, but not filming from that front row at a Disney park. Right, Kelby? <laughs> Correct.